tweet at SFM Radio and at KG Moegeti. Welcome back. It's now 10.35. We did promise you at the start of the show that at 10.35 we're going to have a conversation around the decline of public trust and servant leadership. Uh, and given our previous uh, discussion that we just had with uh, Brenda Gali around conscious leaders and uh, ethics, uh, we wanted to focus on leadership during Freedom Month as we have seen the decline in public trust and servant leadership over the years. We wanted to unpack not only the impact this has had had on our society, but how this will have an effect on identifying ethical leaders ahead of the upcoming elections. We're joined by Dudum Somi, the founder and the CEO of Busara Leadership Partners. Solimweng is a brand reputation management advisor and managing director of strategic corporate communications consultancy, uh, Don Valley. Good morning to the both of you. Maybe I start with the question that I was, uh, you know, I was uh, asking my previous guest around issues of ethical leaders. And let's start with you, Dudu. Uh, what makes for an ethical leader as far as you are concerned at the Busara Leadership uh, Organization? Thank you so much, KG. Um, Busara Leadership Partners, our area of focus is leadership uh, strategy and governance. So corporate governance um, now transcends just corporate world. It's also in the FPOs in any institution. But when we talk ethics, uh, the definition that I work on when I'm lecturing is the sense of right and good. It is not a moral issue. It's not about right and wrong. It's about what is right and good. But in the context of when you look at what's good for oneself, you also look at what's good for somebody else. And this is where we are conscious, conscious of using it in the um, context of I am aware that there is another human being. And hopefully you see that as a human being as worthy and equal to you in the context of if you think you deserve um, respect, dignity, and all those values, then you will accomplish the same. So in, in the context of ethical leadership, we do not focus too much on morality, because as you know, um, values also change, societal values change. Mm. Uh, what was acceptable under apartheid or slavery evolved. I always say you can imagine having to have uh, awards for leaders <laughs> during slavery. You could have voted people to be conscious leaders, ethical in the context, uh, because they were subscribing to system that they, that they felt were okay at that time. So when we talk ethics, it's really a matter of good and right. Don't subscribe to the idea um, of sacrificing yourself. I love the concepts that Raymond Ackerman infused in what he did at Pick and Pay. Enlightened, enlightened, um, the, the enlightenment, which looks at if I do good, for my clients and my customers, they will also look after me. They did in the pick and pay. I mean, we had poisoning crises, which something talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, people went into the shop and, and bought goods because they always knew that he looked after their interests first. Uh, so this is what you try and strive to get from leaders. Look after your interests, but not at the expense of 
the people that you are leading. Look after your interests, but not at the expense of the people uh, that you are leading. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the the opposite can be said to be true, where we find ourselves uh, solely, because uh, we live in a time of the highest decline uh, in, in uh, the public's trust on uh, the people we call leaders. And we live in an era where people can say that there is no kind of really servant leadership. What makes for the ideal leadership in the kind of time that we live in, as also as South Africans, we reflect on 29 years of our democracy and as we are approaching an election next year. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners as well. Uh, look, I approach, if, in terms of South Africa, we are a, if you look at the Constitution, the, the Bill of Rights, just read only the, the preamble to the Constitution of South Africa, it really this is the these are the founding documents from which the, the the founding values if you want of south africa's constitution post apartheid constitution should arise but for speaking from a brand uh, perspective and south africa is a destination brand for me not just for me it is a destination brand as a matter of fact you need to have values you need to have vision where are we going where are you taking this country the constitution of south africa is very clear about where we were meant to take south africa over the over the, the next 30 years now it's almost 30 years since 1994. what what kind of leadership do you need what kind of values are must underpin the journey to realizing those values what are what 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 kind of um, um, uh, tone is set by the by the people given the responsibilities to lead. We haven't lost. We've lost all of that in all, a lot of times. We don't know where South Africa is going anymore. We don't have the kind of people who say, "But this is right, this is wrong." We don't have people who are able to stand from a moral high ground and yeah. say, "Can't do this," because when you point fingers at us, other people fingers get pointed at you. And I also think one thing: we also I look at South Africa and the world really as some kind of ecosystem. We're all part of an ecosystem. If there's pain in one part of the ecosystem, that pain is going to be found elsewhere. So you, you have to know that it's not all about you. We don't live, and we should never live in a world where winner takes all, zero-sum zero sum games. It's all about if you take too much, elsewhere there's going to be pain. Now, we have a lot of the corruption in South Africa, a lot of stealing, a lot of, if you look at the opportunity cost of all the money that's been stolen through, through state capture and other forms of corruption, they have created holes elsewhere where services could have been provided. Poor children in South Africa could have been supported of all colors, not just one race. We, we have lost all of that. We have lost the kind of leadership that is able to stand on a moral high ground and say, and point in any direction and, and, and punish and, and, and on, or praise because they've, they've all become so partisan. It's become really hard for others to follow. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things you spoke about uh, to do earlier is you said when you teach, when you lecture, one of the things you highlight is uh, the evolution of, uh, you know, of leaders. And you said you you ask yourself, for example, the kinds of attributes that they would say made for a great leader during, let's say, uh, slavery time. And and I take from that uh, the knowing or the, you know, the impression that certainly leaders uh, can redefine themselves as 
because the world is continuously and constantly redefining um, itself. So if Brand South Africa or South Africa were to go on a leadership redefinition phase as the country evolves, as its people evolves, as you know, it, it isn't what it was in 1994 when we had our first democratic e- elections, what would that change? What would the process of that change demand so that we can have what we call public trust in our leaders and leaders that are driven around servantship? You know, South Africa, it's non-negotiable. If you have bought into what South Africa is supposed to be, Polly also mentioned, there are three main values that we are supposed to be um, grounded in. It's around human dignity. It's around the achievement of equality. Uh, it is around the advancement of human rights and freedom. So if you are in South Africa, that's that's it. It's non-negotiable. From there came all the other legislation which are in the workplace, like employment equity, employment equity, empowerment, uh, sexual harassment, all those are formed because of the new value system. Part of the challenge of South Africa is um, even promoting brand South Africa, we never really emphasize the core values that we all should be buying into. Um, it's the rainbow nation that took um, precedent without anchoring us in a value system, um, which is why when we heritage, some people are buying, some people are medium, uh, we don't really, America, what makes America, even though it's not, uh, but what made it make that they subscribe to uh, So self-censor, uh, we always say something, whether it's journalists or censor, because they will know that they don't want them to come across in a particular way. This is why I focus a lot Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask us to pause because your your line is actually not that great, uh, Dudu. And then I'm going to go to a commercial break. Uh, and in that commercial break, ask them to either recall you or reestablish the line so that uh, we're better able to hear uh, the both of you so that uh, the, you know, the important points of the things that you're uh, responding to are not lost as a result of the connection. It's 1045. We're in conversation with Dudu Msomi, founder and CEO of Busara Leadership. Partners and Solim Wing, Brand Reputation Management Advisor and Managing Director of Strategic Corporate Communications Consultancy, Don Valley. And at the heart of our discussion is how we can, you know, uh, get back the public, how can we have servant leaders who get back the public's trust? How do we, you know, redefine and unpack the impact uh, that, uh, you know, non servant leadership has had on uh, society? It's 1046. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Leadership is at the center of uh, the hour that uh, we're having. We spoke conscious and ethical leadership uh, with Brenda Gali, who urged all of our leaders to look inwards. And uh, we're expanding the conversation with Dutum Somi, the founder and the CEO of the Busara Leadership Partners, and also Solimwing, the brand reputation management advisor and managing director of strategic corporate communications 
consultancy, Don Valley. So in, in the hat you wear as brand reputation advisor, Soli, I, I want to uh, uh, pick your mind on the issue we just faced, which is one of the many issues, because we have a lot here in South Africa, every day, every month. Of uh, Remember, we had that Tottenham Hotspur deal uh, of uh, one billion rand, uh, where a government department was trying to convince us that, you know, there's value to it uh, on uh, brand South Africa. And a minister uh, was changed and a new minister came back and scrapped that. What does that do for our brand value, right? Uh, for our brand value and how does it reflect the kind of leadership that we have? I think what it means is that uh, people, it's a, it's a good indication that people in leadership positions owe Oh, not just the ones in politics, but in state institutions and sometimes government government institutions as well. They 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 have lost the ability or the the, the appreciation of respect for the ordinary South Africans. They have forgotten that they're not there for themselves. They're for the, they're for the rest of us. So people just do things, and they even speak to. I mean, we saw how the the COO of SA Tourism spoke down to South Africans when they wanted to know what is going on. What's this one billion? rents that you want to give to this company in the in the in these economic clients well at times so when there's so much suffering so much pain on the ground there was not there was not a sense of care from them but but that, that emanates from the right from the top i mean the saying that the fish rose from the top is very true so we don't have leaders who have empathy in south africa and levels of empathy are lacking there's not a sense of understanding the pain the people in, 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 in government, we know they, they, they live lavish lifestyles, their homes, apparently some of them don't get uh, load shedding, they don't face the same pains that we have. Uh, South Africa has also been turned into some kind of Orwellian uh, animal farm where there's no equality before the law, it's only those those who uh, are ordinary citizens who will face consequences if they do wrong, not the guys at the top. I mean, if you, if you look at good at the, the good examples of Tabo Besta, the, the man who raped and escaped and apparently died and he ended up being arrested in Tanzania recently, everybody is excited that this guy is being is being called, he's been checked, the, the, the South African authorities are sending people over there to fetch him and all that stuff. The Guptas have been running for a long time. The Guptas have been in business with Duduzani Zoma. Duduzani keeps coming and going out of this country, nobody goes after him. So if they're really, really serious about getting those guys, they would have said, these people have committed crimes, let's go for them. So the, so even the, the, the criminal justice system seems to be quite selective about whom they go after. And when you have a country like that, even if it's a, if it's a small company where the guys at the top seem to get away with a lot and the ordinary workers uh, get hit on the, on the uh, fired and punished for in other ways if they do wrong, then the system begins to fail, the system becomes, then we, we, end, up, we end up with sub subgroups with their own rules, subsectarian rules, with nobody holding hands across the lines anymore. And this is what's going on in South Africa. Yeah. Dudu, I want to take a call, but I want you to apply your mind to a question uh, I want to put to you before I, I go to the call. And the question is, if uh, you were to get a contract from uh, uh, the uh, the entire um, uh, uh, government of South Africa, let's say uh, the parliament to be specific, and you sit in a room with all the parliamentarians, as we heard towards the 2024 elections, and, you know, the course is meant for you to teach them how to 
redefine themselves and how to find a way to earn our trust again and be seen as leaders who are servants. I want to know what you would say to them, what you would teach them, the kind of impressions you would give to them if you were to lead a class on that. But let's go to a caller first. Ngonde in Cape Town. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, though. Thank you. Yes. Good, good. I'll, I'll, be try, I'll try and be quick. And as you know, um, the person that takes the call, I can't hear much of your guest and, you know, and whatever. But I can hear you clearly. Yeah, we tried to fix anyway, that. We tried to fix that and we apologize for that. Anyway, um, on ethical leadership, um, I'm just going to say there's a trust and honesty deficit. And I can add, in the municipalities, there's also a maturity deficit. Okay? So, leadership then, ethical or conscious, in the municipality is non-existent. Now, nationally, with lots of these parties, you can see that it is for my turn to eat, you know? As one people say in Africa, it's our turn to eat. So in the national government or national parliament, all these parties, can your guest identify a party or parties that have got a sense of ethical leadership? Because truth be told, I want us as South Africans to be ready to vote for the party that has got an example of those ethical leadership. Okay. Thanks, Kriji. Thank you, uh, Ngonde. Uh, do you want to uh, uh, respond to that, maybe, Soli? Uh, do you, can you identify a party that has a degree of, uh, you know, ethical leadership, seeing there's, you know, a trust and honesty deficit in our country, Ngonde says, in Cape Town? <laughs> it's a hard one, right? Very hard one to say that one political party is like this. But look, if you look at the facts, uh, uh, the, and 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 Dudu spoke about human rights, and she spoke about the the, 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 the need to save the people of South Africa. The people, the, the government of the Western Cape, governed by the A, by the DA, has usually ticks a lot more boxes than other governments. I mean, even the Auditor General has over the past 11 years or so, giving them clean audits, clean audits. Uh, but, at a they, social, but at a social level, uh, the, the, the people of Kailicha, for example, may differ with you a lot compared to the people that live in Cape Town, maybe. Uh, I mean, we hear it. I'm not going to deny it. But the thing is, a lot of times, people who come from other municipalities governed by other parties, where there's huge amounts of corruption, will easily point to the to the townships in Cape Town to say, mm. "Yeah, but those are racist." It usually comes from outside of Cape Town. You know, I, I'm not I'm not wanting to speak for a political party. It's a mm-hmm. very difficult. But I want to say, effects, 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 effects. Things mm-hmm. work in Cape Town, whether you like it or not, than in other municipalities around the country. Mm-hmm. Whether they should be 
better uh, a lot more internships in the, around uh, around and Cape Town. Of course, there's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done in these areas. But the fact is, the the, the city and the, the, there's been stability. I mean, the the government of the DA has been elected over and over. The people, the voters in in Cape Town, in Western Cape, are not are not foolish. I mean, they 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 will remove you if you don't deliver for them. They will vote you back. So there's no. I don't see emotions there. Mm, mm, mm. The fact that people have rewarded this party with with electoral wins and not just margin marginal but very convincing wins over time, it means that there is something they're doing there that other people are not doing elsewhere. It means that the level of trust, but it doesn't mean it's, it's entirely ethical. You can't say that. And we don't see levels of corruption stealing that we see in other municipalities elsewhere. Mm. I mean, people people in politics would like to say no that's not true they, they you know they're hiding the fact is we don't see that if, and the, if the auditor general is not appointed by the da the auditor general is appointed with mostly anc votes and auditor general's office has always given da municipalities in cape town there, i think we need to give credit where it's worth is it more ethical than elsewhere maybe they are ethical in some areas not ethical in some in other i, I don't know if there's perfection in that in that score but i think that they, they seem to understand the need to 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 deliver for the people of Cape Town, I don't. I don't think they will get hundred percent. They probably get sixty percent. That's why they keep winning. That's why people prefer them to other political parties. Uh, so it's it's really hard. But okay. there's definitely they're okay. not all at it. Okay. okay, I've got voice notes. There's a lot of questions from our listeners for you. Let's hear what they have to say. Because again, good morning, KG, and your guests. KG, I really enjoy this program this morning. And this guest of yours there in the studio, she raised some valid, valid topics, you know. And my conclusion that I want to make also is that really, you know, the government officials, especially in parliament, when I talk about that, I talk about the ANC itself. Our country will never come right. They fear one another. They fear to expose one another. And while they have that fear, things will never come right. They pack up each other, you see? And that was happening with the Jacob Zuma era. Look where's our country today. I'm saying it in over and over again. When Tabo was there, they hate Tabo for that thing. Because Tabo was a man's street. He was a product of the ANC. Thank you very much, uh, KG. Uh, very interesting topics. I, it's this is Dudley from Kabeha. Good morning, ma'am. It's Mr. Suleiman. All leaders are good as long as they voted there. Only after that they change their colours. Bad leaders, especially bad politicians, are no good. Look at our government. Three quarter of them are bad. That's why there's bad governance. Thank you. Hi, KG. I must say, great show, very interesting and prevalent topics. I would like to ask your guests what they think of uh, using psychedelics or things which can expand your consciousness, like uh, psilocybin mushrooms, to advance society and really remove the stigma around being conscious human beings. Uh, it's more relevant to your previous guests, but I think it's still fitting mm -hmm. and amazing show as always. Goodbye, Anonymous Johannesburg. 
I love talk radio. It's really fun. Um, your thoughts, Dudu, on that original question that I asked, and then uh, we can wrap up with uh, your final thoughts around what we need to lead us to ethical leadership. Um, well, you know, the, the work that I do is mainly around personal leadership. And the reason is you cannot be who you are not just because you suddenly have a title or position. So my starting point is always to help individuals put a mirror in front of themselves because what we do, what we say, and what we think comes from the belief systems that we have. And these are influenced by the values that we hold. So you cannot uh, be a parliamentarian giving something that you yourself do not have. You can't come from lack. You come from what you give, what you have inside of you. Um, a lot of the focus when we come to leadership is about position. Leadership is not about the position, it's about relationship. And it's also about the relationship with yourself. This is why the step that we missed in South Africa, in the new South Africa, was to gain our consciousness which is why black consciousness came about in the 70s, because it was to help us as Africans, black people around the world for black, I prefer people from Africa, um, uh, to gain, regain our dignity, our self-respect, our self-love, because the things that we are doing which emulate what we think is uh, progress, our value systems that are not us, this is why Ubuntu has become a flippant thing that we don't live because we always look at the grass is greener on the other side and not the value system that rooted in recognizing that another human being is worth of dignity because I'm worth of dignity. So that is really the starting point. Uh, when you talk courage, courage is critical for every individual. Yeah. To be unfortunately, to unfortunately right. this is as far as I can go. Solly, do you want to give me your last thoughts in 30 seconds? Because I have to go to news now. In 30 seconds, we live in a country where there are no consequences. Where there are consequences, and irrespective of who commits a crime, a wrongdoing, an unethical conduct, then everybody else follows. So we need to go back and say to ourselves, what is acceptable? What is not acceptable? What, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable? Thank you to Dudim Somi and Soli Mueng. It's 11.01. Luyanda Maom is standing by. Uh -huh.